Hello and welcome to the podcast on Broadwater Parish in Worthing, a thriving Anglican church based in the parish of Broadwater, West Sussex in Worthing. We are one church across three sites and Christians have worshipped for over a thousand years at our church at St Mary's. This podcast features sermons from our services and interviews and other episodes and you can find out more by going to broadwaterparish.org.uk. Thanks for listening and we hope you enjoy this most recent episode of the podcast. I was saying, isn't it lovely we can come to God in prayer and we can also come to God um, and listen to his word. It's a conversation from God to us. Our reading today is from Matthew 13, verses 31 to 33. Then we'll move down the chapter to verses 44 to 52. The parables of the mustard seed and the yeast. I like to think of this as small beginnings, great results. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of all your seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and perch in its branches. He told them still another parable The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into a large amount of flour until it worked all through the dough. Jesus spoke all these things to the crowd in parables. He did not say anything to them without using a parable. Now we go on to 44 to 52 the parables of the hidden treasure and the pearl. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. The parable of the net. Once again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was let down into the lake and caught all kinds of fish. When it was full, the fishermen pulled it up on the shore. Then they sat down and collected the good fish in baskets, but threw the bad away. This is how it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come and separate the wicked from the righteous and throw them into the fiery furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Jesus asked, have you understood all these things? He said to them, therefore, every teacher of the law who has been instructed about the kingdom of heaven is like the owner of a house who brings out the storeroom, new treasures as well as old. Thanks be to God for his word.
if I say something, it should come through. Uh, there you go. Good morning. Shall we pray? And let's not pray about the sermon. I've got another prayer which is infinitely as important. Father, I just want to pray about the folk in Finland, our brothers and sisters that were on the mission update. If you're like me, you're a bit of a procrastinator because I'll put off and leave it for later. So I'm going to pray about them now, but then I know I've done it. So Father God, thank you for our brothers and sisters who we just caught a glimpse in that video. And I was so pleased to see the snow in that video. It's going to be Christmas soon. I love Christmas, Lord. I just love Christmas. And I know when I think of my brothers and sisters in Finland, I think of them with much joy. I think of them, Lord, as I'm going to see these brothers and sisters one day, face to face. And I want to be looking at them saying, I prayed for you guys. I want the best for you guys. I've always wanted the best for you guys. So, Father, would you give them the very best? Father, we ask you would give them a double portion of all the good things that we have had and we have got. The love, the compassion, the grace, the friendship, the loyalty, all those things that Carl mentioned in those threads today. Father, let that be abundant in your church in Finland. But Father, I ask for a harvest in Finland. I ask, Lord, that an unprecedented harvest, an unprecedented hearts turning to you, our Father, in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Now, folks, I can see you're going off to sleep already because we prayed. I just want to see if we're on the same wavelength. Would you cooperate with me? I'll say something, and you just respond as ever you feel appropriate. Is that all right? Yes. Thank you. <laughs> so, you ready? There she was, just walking down the street, singing... Okay, for the older ones, well done. For the younger ones... <laughs> okay, there is a song. I can't remember the words to it. Uh, let me think, how does the words go? No, I can't think of the words to it. I was singing it this week because I've been given it to play at a wedding. And it's one of those little songs that gets stuck in your head and you can't get rid of it. And I'm going around going, oh, 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 oh. And people around me going if they know it, goes, what, what follows on after that? Goes, it's a repeat, it's the echo of that, actually. So I've got your attention, thank goodness for that. Um, at this stage, people at St. Stephen's will be up making themselves coffee and listening and doing things. I'm, I recently, I often preach at St. Stephen's, but today I've been given the privilege of preaching here at, where am I, Hos uh, Hosanna, I was gonna say, goodness me, where am I, St. Mary's, of course. I've heard of St. Mary's. Um, I'm going to talk to you this morning, even if you're hiding behind the pillars, which one or two of you are. I'm going to be talking to you about Jesus and the parables. Ah, in Matthew chapter 13, you, you heard a little bit about the parables today. Thank you for the, um, the reading. And Jesus has this amazing ability 
to tell a story. Why use stories? Why use parables? Well, a parable is a bit more than just a story. It's a, it's a, a physical, we might call it an earthly story, but has a, a spiritual meaning, a spiritual point to it. And Jesus was the master at finding subjects to, for the parables to be based around. He used them from everyday situations, everyday things. A man drove his car into the garage. Well, we've all had some experience of that. It could start like that. Or a man was delivering for Amazon. Jesus would use whatever was around him. A lady was wearing glasses. She took them off and polished them. We have evidence of this. We're, we're familiar with this. So Jesus uses stuff around him. He sees what's going on. He sees the farmer in the field. He's not in the town at the moment. He's, he's on the seashore, and he sees the farmer, and the farmer's working the field. He knows what the farmer's duties are. He knows what the farmer's job is. And he extracts a story from that, and he presents it. He makes it into a parable. He talks of the story, the first one about a, a farmer that sowed seed, and he sowed them generously. And the, the farmer, or the sower, is God. And God's a generous God. You can't outgive God. He's such a generous God. And he sows, sows the seed. And there's a warning, as with all. Here's the warning. Here's the spiritual warning. Here's the spiritual message is that not everybody who hears the good news is going to accept it. They just won't. And it is so hard to take on board because it's such good news. It is brilliant news. If you believe and if you love Jesus, you know it's brilliant news. If you follow Jesus, you know it's the best thing you could possibly do. And you also know it's costly. It's costly. It causes arguments. It causes arguments in your very family. Arguments between brother and sister. Arguments between son and father, son and mother. Because some people won't hear what you hear. They won't hear it. They won't accept it. It's blatantly obvious to you when Jesus says, I love you, he means, I love you. There's no hidden agenda there. But others will hear, hey, listen, there's no such thing as a free lunch. They're contaminated. But Jesus uses stories because there's something with a story that excites the brain. It, it causes different pictures to flood up in the brain because we all come from different backgrounds. No two people here have the same history, not exactly the same history. So I say to you right now, imagine in your mind an apple. Because this is what I had this morning. Cut the apple in half. What do you expect to see? Maybe some seeds, maybe some pips, some seeds revealed. And if you cut it up and you took all the pips out, you could count how many pips, how many seeds was in that apple. Agreed? Agreed? Yes, we agreed. But what you can't count is how many apples in the seed. Yeah? Only God knows how many apples in a seed. And the first story today, the first parable, 
is about the mustard seed. And Jesus says, it's the smallest of seeds. Well, it's one of the smallest seeds. I looked up online. There is one. There's a, an orchid that is smaller, and it takes something like 98.25 million seeds to fill up an ounce in weight. I mean, it's so small, it's not worth it. But in the area Jesus was living, preaching, teaching, they all understood it was, it was proverbially known as the smallest seed. It wasn't necessarily the smallest seed, but, you know, <laughs> they would joke about something. Oh, gosh, he's, as, he's only as big as a mustard seed. You know, it was, it was understood as, as small. And Jesus is saying, from this small seed, from this small seed, something amazing is going to grow. Don't despise it because it's small. Don't despise it because it doesn't start off as massive, big thing. And so often, so often we want things to be like that. Before I do it, it's got to have plenty of, plenty of um, backing to it, resources to it. Often Jesus gives us just a little bitty thing to hold on to. And he says, if you can be, if you can be faithful with this little thing, I'll give you more. I'll give you more. So Jesus uses parables. He uses ways to get under the radar for folk. And they connect. Different ways connect with different people. You could hear my message, and someone could come up to me and say, Gary, I really got it about the mustard seed. And they explain what they got. And then someone else would come up and explain something completely different about the same story. That is the beauty of the Holy Spirit. When he takes something, he will take it and he'll plant it. He'll plant the seed in your heart, and he'll let that seed grow. And for some, it's a, it'll grow in all sorts of directions. For others, not so much. There is um, going on at St. Stephen's right now, a little demonstration, and I had to shoot down there today just to have a quick look at it to make sure it's going to work, and it will. But I haven't had time to put that demonstration together, so I'm, giving, give, I'm going to give you the video version in just a minute. Not yet, in just a minute. And it's pretty much the weight and size of a matchbox knocking over something the weight and size of a double-decker bus. Now, those who don't know what a double-decker bus is, it's big and heavy. Matchbox, going to knock over a double-decker bus. Little, little tiny seed, big tree. How this works. Can we have it on the screen, please? From little things, 
We have a saying, don't we, from little acorns, mighty oaks grow. Showed it there. From small beginnings. And Jesus is saying, the mustard seed's a small beginning. It's a small little something. The smallest of seeds. And he's saying, this is probably... Well, actually, I'm reading into this. He's probably saying to the Jews there who are listening, this is also me and my ministry. I'm not coming with a big blare of trumpets, fanfares. No, that's not me. I am coming humbly in humility to do what I have to do. I am not coming as a mighty king. I am coming as a lowly foot washer. I'm not going to go parading through Jerusalem on my Harley Davidson, etc., etc. I'm coming on an uncooperative donkey. My start is small. But where it's going to go is going to be massive going to be massive. The ground in the story, if you read, if you listened rather, the ground in the story represents the people. The mustard seed is the gospel, the gospel of good news, the gospel of the kingdom of heaven. And the tiny seed, well, I, I think is actually Jesus, but in actual fact, it's, it could be referring to the amount of disciples he's got. Look at how many people are in the world. He had maybe a dozen disciples. But with God's power, they did their task of introducing the lost people to the love and care of the Heavenly Father. And the word, the word spread, as we know now, because we're here. That little tiny seed, those few guys, handful of guys. And now there's the worldwide faith. Millions upon millions upon millions of people believe in Jesus Christ down through the ages. And Jesus picks up on things that are familiar, as I've mentioned before. With the first three parables, is that this is a kind of a a set of seven parables together. But the first three, we have the sower, the weeds, and the, mustard feet, and the mustard seed. And then we move on to the, the net. And he's on the seashore, so he sees fishermen with nets, and he's going to use that as a, the basis for his story. And this is a story that, that is quite... It sounds good taking it from one direction, but it's quite disappointing taking it from another if you're on the wrong side of this story. Because he says that they put out the net, they catch the fish, and they sort out the fish. What fish do we have in here today? Do we have any whales? Do we have any tiddlers? <laughs> it's not on about the size of the fish. It's on about your spiritual heart. Where are you today? Are you going to be one of the guys or one of the fish that gets put to one side? Those are the good fish. 
or are you the ones that get thrown away? Where are you today? Where's your spiritual heart? First question. And then we're going to move into the next parable, which is the hidden treasure parable. It's an interesting parable because the guy, one guy finds this pot, well, this hidden treasure in the field. So he, he goes away, he, sent, he's, he puts together everything he has, he sells it, pays for the, the field, buys the treasure. Well, that's supposed to represent, and it does a good job of saying, believe me, the hidden treasure the kingdom of God is worth everything you have. That's one way of looking at it. That's the traditional way, and that's probably what Jesus meant. But hear this. You cannot buy the kingdom of heaven. You can't purchase it. There's nothing you can do that learn it either. It is a gift of grace from God. It's an invitation from him to you. There's nothing you can do. And to qualify for this invitation, having faith in Jesus Christ, loving him, believing in him, trusting in him, and following him is what's required. And the invitation is to know Jesus, to know our Father in heaven, to be with the Holy Spirit, 100% of the time, forever and ever and ever. Amen. And then we have the, the parable of the, the leaven, the, the yeast, the parable of the yeast. Now, it's an interesting parable because it's not something that Jesus could see, but looking at the quantities, it's three, three measures of flour, and three measures of flour, apparently, I did the research, would make a decent-sized loaf with the leaven inside would blow up to a decent-sized loaf. So where's Jesus seen this? Well, commentators believe that his mother Mary baked. They had a pretty decent-sized family. She probably baked bread. He's probably seen bread baked. And he uses this example just a little bit of leaven can make such a profound difference. And I want to say to you, if you're a Christian already, the language you use can make such a profound difference. Now, I asked the, the guy at the back, Dan, not to put the sound on there because I hadn't watched it through. I didn't know if there's any dodgy comments. But I'm not on about dodgy comments. The, the language you use can be body language. It can be spoken language. It's your love language. You have an opportunity to sow the gospel in everything you say and do. You could be the sower. You have been given from our Father everything. He held nothing back, but you have love. You have compassion. In the words you use, you have the power of life and death. Can you hear them? Can you hear them? Wonderful. You have been trusted with these children 
they come to this church, you have been trusted. They look at you and they say, this is what a Christian man looks like. Okay, I like it. This is what a Christian lady looks like. Okay. You are their role models. They see you. Jesus, don't despise them. Don't put them to one side. Don't say they're not worth it. They are worth everything. They are worth everything because they have the potential to be something incredible. Do you hear them? They're playing with toys. They're interacting with other Christians. And I guarantee this, if we could be a fly on the wall and we just popped through the door there and just looked, you will see the leaders with them and the mums and dads smiling down at their children, encouraging them. And that's what God does with us. He smiles down with us. You can't see him, but believe me, he is so in love with you. He's delighted with you. He knows you get things wrong. Of course he does but he knows where your heart is. You, are, you aim to do the right thing. And often you get there. Sometimes you mess up. But he knows that. And sometimes they mess up. You know that. But God's saying in all this, your faith, your faith, in Jesus need only be the size of a mustard seed. That's all you need. That's all you need. God's faith in you is a lot bigger than that. He believes you. He trusts you. He loves you. And he wants to use you. And I tell you this, if you're used by God, you're not misused. People misunderstand that. I don't like being used. I love being used. I don't like being misused. I love to serve. But I don't like being put on. There's a big difference there. And God wants to use you today. He wants to encourage you. He wants to say, even you, even you, even you, even you, I can use even you. And you might think of yourself no bigger than a matchbox. But I can use you to take out a double-decker bus. I can take you and your faith as big as a matchbox. But with me being God behind you, we can take out a double-decker bus. And that double-decker bus could be absolutely anything that the enemy throws at us. We are bigger than anything the enemy has to offer because I can use you. Even those behind the pillars, hi. God says, I can use you. I can use you all. The good fish and the bad fish, well, I hope, I pray that today I'm looking at good fish. You don't smell like bad fish. You smell like good fish. Folks, when we hear the gospel, in whatever way it comes across, we should respond to it. It's always good to respond to it in some way. We do know that trials are going to come our way. 
Because as soon as we step out, we say, yes, I believe in Jesus. The enemy says, oh, you shouldn't have done that. And he piles it on. We don't have to worry about that. We have a bigger God than the enemy could ever send our way. But don't let that distract you. Because through faith, we enter into the kingdom. The kingdom that Jesus spoke about is ours. Through faith, we bear fruit. We can do many things if we allow God to use us. Ephesians 2 verse 8 says this, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it's a gift of God. Folks, could I... Oh, I don't know, I guess. I just want to encourage you this morning. If you haven't taken that step towards Jesus and you don't know him as your savior, as your Lord, and you're thinking about it, say, well, uh, I would encourage you to respond this morning. And if you do know him as your savior, as your brother, as your redeemer, I would encourage you this morning to step up and say, Lord, what do you want me to do? And all this, all that he has for you, can be done with God. You can do nothing without him that's worth doing. But with him you can do everything. Shall we pray? Father God, I ask this morning that you would water whatever seeds have been sown today. And even if they're seeds as small as a mustard seed, Father God, I ask that you would grow these seeds. That I see before me mighty men and women that are in love with you. And they're here behind me, children that are going to grow up to be mighty men and women in love with you. Father, you have blessed us richly. Allow us, Lord, to be your ambassadors and bless others in the name of Jesus.